Rob's great with words, isn't he? Uh, it's great to be here. And first and foremost, I must honour Pastor Rob and Pauline for giving us the opportunity to share this morning. I was going to say that the first service, and because I don't write notes, I forget. Uh, I got to the stage where I'm most probably too old to preach, so I'm just happy to sit there these days, you know. But anyways, Valme's going to come and give a greeting. Greetings. I shared this morning at the first service, over the last few months, it could be a little bit to do with Carmel being in the army, I don't know. But I've been sharing, having a look at some of our, do you all know our Australian history? Who knows it? Very few. I've been looking at some serious history. Do you know over the last 200 years, there have been 70 outbreaks of revival in Australia. But the Australians have got this attitude of mateship. We take care of our mates. We don't brag. We don't make a big big deal of, of things. And you know what Aussie mates do? They just get on with the job. And that is something I really want to honour the Aussies for. It's not about who I am or who, where we are. It's about we're mates. We do it together. Every revival, the 70 revivals over the past 200 years have always started with a group of people in their church, in their community, who were prepared to come together to pray. I don't mean a five-minute time of prayer. Weekly, getting together, diligently praying for revival, for praying for, for, our, for our nation. And everywhere where there was a prayer base, revival broke out, miracles broke out. And from one of these prayer bases, one of the greatest men in our, in our history who was in the trenches, he was a padre. He was born again from these prayer meetings. And do you know what? I never knew it. But did you know it? when our men were at war in the trenches, they had communion, they had worship services. I never knew any of this. And um, I'd like to share more, but this is not the morning to do it. And you know what? God will birth things as people pray. Oh, Trevor tells me to carry on. Now, we all know of the 800 light horsemen, don't we? You've heard of them. Do you know what? Jerusalem was under siege and... Um, and Beresheba and all these areas are under siege. 60,000 English troops could not release Beresheba or Jerusalem. But what happened? Our Australian horsemen, all their horses, the whalers, came from Queensland. There was 800 of them got onto their horses. These horses hadn't drunk for 72 hours and there was a charge. Can you imagine a horse not drinking all that time and they're going to make a charge over Beresheba to, to set Beresheba free first? Well, one of the, just the reports of one of the men, they'd prayed. You know, every man, every soldier was actually given a Bible before they ever went into, into the trenches, wherever they went. 
And out of these seven, out eight hundred light horsemen, one lad said, he wrote home to mum and he said, we had to hang on our horses for dear life. We didn't know what we were doing. Our horses smelt water. They were so thirsty. They actually overtook Beresheba and they don't know how they did it. And they said as the hooves of the, of the horses were thundering upon the ground as they went to release it, the opposing armies, they couldn't get their cannons, they couldn't get anything in place and they were shooting over the top of our men. They first of all released Beresheba and then Jerusalem. That's just a taste of what was there. Thank you, Valme. So this is the great south land of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? We sang it for a long time. It's still a declaration. Now, you know, this whole COVID thing isn't exciting, is it? But you know what? Jesus has a name above every name, that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. He is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Do you know that? He's got a name above COVID. And we need to see that thing wither up and die. Well, it's a great pleasure to be able to share this word this morning. It was just so encouraging as a father-in-law hearing a son-in-law say the things that he did. But, you know, Valme and myself are blessed, absolutely blessed. Our three daughters went on with God. They married Christian men. Grandchildren are all going on with God. What more do you want? That is a blessing. So what I'm sharing on this morning is um, the fulfillment of the promise, the promise of the Father, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Valme and myself got saved in revival and uh, we had an enormous hunger for God, for the things of God. I said, if there's a God, I need to know the reality of God. I don't want to just know about God. I want to know the reality of God, that he is the same yesterday, today and forever. And the bottom line is each one of you here today can know such a reality of God. As we were worshipping there, I just felt the Lord say, expect the unexpected in a good sense, not the unexpected in a bad sense, but the expect the unexpected. And do you know with God, we need to expect the unexpected, right? Now, the thing is, we got saved in the mid-70s and we got saved in revival, right? And it was absolutely fantastic. There was another move of God in the mid-90s, which was different, and you know, when God begins to move again, it is going to be different. Pastor Rob shared the places we had been and God had actually sent us into those places for restoration because the places we went into, there was chaos, which is a little bit difficult to believe for the body of Christ, didn't it? You wouldn't think that, would you? And the last place we went to, they, they were opposed to the move of God in the 90s. 
and um, in the in the mid 90s there was Rodney Howard Brown and some liked him and others didn't like him and that's just how it goes and they this last place we went to they there was a group of them that didn't like Warrenie Howard Brown. They didn't like the move of God, so they started another church that wanted to go with the move of God. And I said to Thelma, if we get through our first Holy Spirit soaker service, and that was worshipping God, sharing about the Holy Spirit, praying for people, I said, we'll be right. We were right. We did that, and I... I played Rodney Howard Brown worship, praise and worship. And the guy that was against Rodney Howard Brown said, oh, this is wonderful. This is lovely. I didn't think it could be so great. He doesn't know to this very day that it was Rodney Howard Brown praise and worship. And they just went on. The two churches come together and people said, what did you do? And I said, I did nothing. Loved the people right people were astounded so we're going to read from John chapter 14 beginning at verse 15 it says if you love me you will obey what I command and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor some translations are counselor helper standby but that word another in the Greek is a very interesting word which says one besides another of the same type that will do in Jesus' absence as he were present. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to use each one of you. Do you know that? He wants to use you. Give, and will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So, Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you for your blessing upon the word and help me to communicate this word as you'd want it communicated in Jesus' name. The promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I'm going to say might astound some of you, not because of me, but when I researched all this, I was somewhat astounded and I went over it and over it and over it and then I read it to Valme and shared it with her. Now, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the greatest event in Christian history. Do you know that? The greatest event there's been much controversy over the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it's the greatest event in Christian history. Greater than the crucifixion. Greater importance than the resurrection. Greater than the ascension. Greater than the glorification. It was the end and the finality of crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, and glorification. Now, when we think about it, if Jesus had been crucified and there was no resurrection, his death would have been without avail. 
in as far as the salvation of mankind was concerned. If he had risen from the grave in resurrection and failed to reach the throne of God and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the purpose for which he died and for which he arose would have been missed, absolutely missed. It is because there was no failure. It is because Jesus went to the ultimate He went to the very throne and the heart of God and secured the Holy Spirit right out of heaven's treasure of the eternal and poured it forth upon the world in divine baptism that we have today. We used to be involved in a mainline church and people say, well, why did you leave? I said, I'll tell you why. A bit of them and a bit of me, right? It's because I wanted to see the reality of God. And Velma and myself are as hungry for the things of God, most probably more hungry today than what we were when we got saved. The day of Pentecost was the birth of Christianity. Christianity never existed until the Holy Ghost came from heaven. The ministry of Jesus of the world was his own divine preparation of the world for his ultimate and final ministry. His ultimate and final ministry was to be by the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus could only be at one place at one time. But now the Holy Spirit is everywhere and he wants to use his body. Can you imagine somebody having eye problems and they say, I'd like you to pray for me. So you mix up a bit of spit and mud and put it on their eyes. What would we do today? You say, oh, that can't be God. You know, God, I tell people today, expect the unexpected. He does things differently today than what he did some years ago. He's moving afresh. I said in the early service, in actual fact, the Port Lincoln church started out of the Barossa Valley. Do you know that? The first couple of years of the Barossa Valley church, I think there were five or six churches started out of the Barossa Valley. You know, we had such a hunger for God, we used to record prayer meetings. We didn't want to miss a thing what God said. Now we hear comments like this, oh, it's only the prayer meeting. Only the prayer meeting? That's the powerhouse of the body of Christ, the prayer meeting. You know, during this COVID thing, they wanted Valme and myself, they said, we want you to lead prayer meetings online. Now that is challenging. (laughs) Prayer meetings online. It's all right if everybody's praying one after another, but if there's a lull, how are you going to crank them up? Can't sing a song. So we didn't go for an hour and a half. It was sometimes 60 minutes, sometimes 50 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes. Nobody praying, close it. 
And then we could get together. We go, wow, fantastic. We can have 10 in our house. And they go, we still want you to do it online. Now, you wouldn't believe this, but a little bit of opposition comes from Valmay. She said, we can't do that, can't do that. I was prepared to give it a go. And uh, they said, oh, people just would like to hook in. And Many years ago, Bob Wing was here, and I'm talking to Bob, and Bob says, oh, we have those meetings in America on the phone. I go, give me a break, phone. It's bad enough on the internet where you can see somebody in a little box. Oh, he said, you've got to coach them through it. Well, we try to do that. Prayer meetings are very important. It's not just a prayer before something, but an actual prayer meeting where you get together and pray. And God told us very clearly that people get together and pray and worship. May you be amazed what he's going to do. So Jesus' earthly ministry was localized to one spot. But when the Holy Spirit was poured out, brought to men a universal ministry of Jesus to every man right from the heart of God. Mark 16, 17 and 18, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Today in many places, if that was to happen, people would be terrified. But we have the power of God. And we've experienced that, where people have been ready to run out. We've seen them set free. Like we were in one place, and in that place, they never used to lock their cars, houses, nothing. But then they had people move up from the city, and these country people called them ferals. And this one person had every color in their hair that you could imagine, right? They said, I think you need to see our pastor and his wife. The person was a clairvoyant. So we shared Jesus with, Jesus with this person. And they most, most probably also traded in things they shouldn't. And one night, this person was affected by adverse powers and we seen him set free. Afterwards, the person says to us, uh, did I have what I thought? Adverse spirit. We go, yeah. He said, we'll take you home. Because obviously the house was marked. We had the police pull up behind us. So then I drove home with Valmay. And they go, well, he's got to be safe. They must have known who I was. So they drove the other way. But you see, Jesus came for those people to set them free. We were in another place and this one person was never a mother. She was never a wife, never a housewife. Had been on drugs for 15 years. And her mother-in-law prayed for her for 15 years. She gets saved. Her husband's a bikey, and he says, that's good for my wife. You know what? It would have been good for him too. One day she brings a couple of bikies around, and they had adverse stuff happening in their house with chains, 
They said, now you've got to tell this bloke, you've got to tell this bloke that all this adverse stuff happened. So they walk in the office and I said, yep, yep, I understand all that happens. So I ministered Jesus to them. Now they walked in saying, we are atheists, we are atheists. They walked out, they now don't know what they are. I said to them, we'll come and pray through your house. And I'll bring my wife. And they go, oh, it's not a place to bring a woman. And the Harley had the prominent position in the middle of the bedroom. Right? I know why they didn't want me to bring my wife. Because the guy was a tattooist and you can imagine what was on every cupboard. So I said to him at the end of all this, I said, would you like us to pray for you? They looked at each other and they go, And they're accusing one of being demon-possessed. Now, most probably, they could have all been that way. I said, now, don't talk like that about your mate. I said, he's your mate. He's your friend. You can't talk like that about him. So one guy says, yeah, pray for me then. So then he says, I've got to sit down before I fall down. And then we prayed for the other one. But you know, these guys gave us the greatest respect you could wish for. Oh, anyways, the bikey's wife that saved, we did things as combined churches. And the bikey's wife comes to this meeting and she says, oh, I heard something great today. And, of course, it was Assemblies of God before it was ACC. They called us the AOGs. And they go, oh, we had the AOGs around today. They de-demonized the house. I'd never heard that terminology in my whole life. Anyways, these signs will follow them that believe. That's each one of you. Isn't that exciting? They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And then in John 14, 12, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. This should excite us as the body of Christ. Do you know that? Doesn't matter who you are, every person that knows Jesus is their Savior. And then in Acts 3, you know, this is Peter giving an account. Now, a man had been healed. And they end up in front of the authorities for this. They end up getting put in prison. Can you imagine that for somebody being healed? And Peter's addressing these leaders and he goes, he says, you're the sons of the prophets and the covenant which God made with our fathers saying to Abraham and to your seed and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities, from your sins. Heavenly contact with an eternal God in power set their nature all aflame for God and with God. We need to be believing for the supernatural of God because we serve a supernatural God. We don't accept the way things are. God wants to move and he wants his people to be ready to move with him. 
You know, in the days of the prophet Elijah, there arose a company of men who were called the sons of the prophets. And that's actually what Acts 3, 25 to 26 is talking about. These men traveled through the world, ravaging the powers of darkness, wreaking havoc on evil kingdoms. They had no tolerance for the destructive behavior of wicked kings, but rather turned many to righteousness. We serve a God that's supernatural. At our place, one of our neighbors planted big trees. They were mongrels. It costed us 1800 bucks to have our solar system shifted. His excess rainwater ran into our yard. I went around there six times in two years, asked him to do something about it. The second to last time, his wife said, if that was me, she said, she'd be angry. I said, I'm not angry. I just want you to fix it. Pretty simple. Well, the house is for sale now in February. So I go, right. I'm, I went and seen the land agent, laid everything out. I go, no, I'm going to put it in writing. So I think I had an anointing to write this letter, wrote the letter. Wait, after three months, I go, I'm going to ring the land agent, rang him, waited 30 hours for a phone call. He got. Now, by the way, the guy's actually my second cousin. <laughs> and he says, I said, this, tr- this property just caused me a lot of heartache. Oh, he goes, Trevor, wouldn't want that at your age. I go, certainly not. <laughs> so I'm going, Father, this is in your hands. I can't do any more. Anyways, they place cells. Our other neighbour that used to jump the fence, clog up stuff that was unclogged up, said, Trevor, I've got great news for you. He's going to get the water fixed up. He's going to cut the trees down. Okay, great. So the other day he's in the backyard and he goes, I got a ladder. (laughs) I didn't want to walk around to his place. Just got this ladder over the fence. Hi, how you going, mate? Welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> he goes, previous owner didn't do you any good, much good. I said, no, not really. Well, he said, these trees are coming down anyways. I hate them. I can't even see the sun. And he goes, furthermore, these seeds would kill our dogs, so the trees have to come out. <laughs> now, the thing is, many times we try to work things out for ourselves. Do you know that? A prayer doesn't go astray. When you pray, I would say you pray believing, don't you? You don't pray in doubt, do you? I don't think this is going to work, but I'm going to pray anyways. No, you pray believing. So you pray believing. Faith is a sign of uh, size of a mustard seed. The mountain shall be removed, but it can be a hindrance. For you, God's the God that breaks through. God wants to break through for you. No matter what you're facing, he's the one that wants to break through. It's God. 
It's God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Power of the Holy Spirit. Let him have his way. He's a gentleman. And you know, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, anything can happen. Do you know that? His manifest presence, anything can happen. We have seen it. We have seen God just change people like that. His presence. We're not the laughing stock. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ has got the power. And it's not religion, it's relationship with Jesus. I read something and it says, he said, people say, oh, I'm a Christian. You know, today that could mean anything. Do you know that? And sometimes there haven't been good testimonies. And the guy said, I'm a follower of Jesus. I like that. I'm a follower of Jesus. So today, regardless of what you're facing, you may have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you may have left things slip. Or else you're still debating it. Is this God? Is it? Isn't it? What is it? You know, Peter... He's ministering to the Gentiles and suddenly they start, they're baptised in the Holy Spirit, they start speaking in tongues and then he says, can any man hinder that these people should be baptised? I've seen some people respond to prayer many times and never receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We were down at Bordertown once and the senior pastor said to me, Trevor, have you prayed for these people? I've prayed for some of them, but I'm not praying for anymore. Everyone I've prayed for hasn't come through in the baptism, so I thought I'd just give it a miss. He said, get up there and pray for them. That was encouraging when I didn't want to. And I go, Father, what do I do? And you know, God laid upon my heart, take authority over every mind-binding force that comes against these people. And you know what? They just come through in the baptism like that. A number of, most probably 12 months ago, back at Impact, they were praying for people for the baptism. So I thought I'd be a catcher, right? Anybody go down on the power, I'll be the catcher. And there were two ladies praying for this other lady to get the baptism. And suddenly I, I got hold of one of them and I said, just take authority over every mind-binding force. And they go, no, you come and do it. Now, I didn't really want to go and do it. I thought they could do it. Anyways... We took authority over every mind-binding force. And you know what? They come through and she come through in the baptism just like that, right? Now, you may have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And you may have said, I think this is just me. I want to encourage you this morning, rekindle it. Doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, it does just probably matter. You wouldn't be wandering around the supermarket praying aloud in tongues that day. He's nuts. Take him out, right? There's a time and place for everything. But it tells us that we edify, build up in here, right? Build ourselves up. So use the language that God's given you, right? Build yourself up. And God's got so many wonderful gifts and perhaps you've left it slide. I want to encourage you to begin 
to, to use that language that God's given you. Or else you may be hungry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, what we're going to do this morning is just a, as an act, put your hands in front of you and just going to receive everything that God has for you. But don't forget, expect the unexpected from God in a very good sense. And you know what? He wants to begin this morning. So, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And first and foremost, we cancel out every discouragement, every anxiety, every fear, every disillusionment. We cancel it out in the name of Jesus. And, Father, right now, we want to thank you for the pro promise. Jesus said, send the promise of the Father. So, Father, for those that have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I just ask that you rekindle something. For those that are hungry, Father, you can baptize people anywhere in the Holy Ghost. Father, that from people's innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. So fill your people afresh. And I thank you that you shall give them a boldness to go out of this place with confidence, no fear, to lay hands on the sick, see them recovered. To share the wonderful message of salvation, Father, for people to come out of darkness into your marvellous light. So, Father, I declare blessing upon your people here in the name of Jesus. Amen.